0: Welcome to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. Jessica and her guests are here to help you navigate the world around you as a small business owner and provide valuable insights to hone your business superpowers. Now, here's your host, Jessica Jones. Hello, 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 and
1: welcome to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. I am your host, Jessica Jones, and today we have Charlie from Charlie's Waxworks with us. We're going to be talking about perspective when it comes to your business, so throw in your capes and let's get powered up. As I mentioned, today's guest is none other than my fiance, Charlie. Charlie started his fragrance company in 2021, in addition to being an author and a full-time student at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. Charlie, can you tell our listeners about how you started Charlie's Waxworks?
2: Well, that's pretty easy to do, but f- pretty much first, like you're the host. This <laughs> is your first episode, and we're cool being here for your first episode. But like, why don't you tell the listeners about your business a little bit first so they know who you are, and then we can talk about me.
1: Um, all right. Well, I am Jessica Jones. I serve as a small business work with me. So we started this business to help the smallest micro businesses and small businesses be able to uh, launch off to success from the jump. Uh, most people think they can't afford an accountant when they get started, but that's really when they need it the most because they can get off on the right foot and be successful.
2: Right. that's how it happened with me. <laughs>
1: but enough about me tell you're the guest you're supposed to be telling everybody how you got started
2: yeah um well I uh was unemployed <laughs> uh just got gotten let go of a job and I was sitting on unemployment getting collected my disability which is part of the reason I lost the job but uh, I was looking for that things and COVID, to, right right and COVID um I was looking for things to do uh I didn't know what to do but you know at some point I've came up with the idea of making a candle. It was for your birthday. I remember mm-hmm. that, like in uh, 2001, I was sitting there, or
1: 2021. yeah. Yeah,
2: I'm way <laughs> off, way off. But yeah, um, yeah, in 2021, for your birthday, I decided to order the stuff and see what I needed to do to make a candle. And I made you a specific candle just for you, Jessica's mango bloom. And from that point on, decided that candles were really cool to make. Uh, I kept coming up with new fragrances and new blends for uh, scents, and I would pour them into candles. I kept going with the Navy ones and then the Army ones and then all these other different themed candles. The seasons the now. Seasons now, and we're doing all kinds of things. Um, but it just started with the one birthday candle, and I just fell in love with doing it. And then since then, we've expanded into more than just candles. We don't do just that anymore. It's, uh, it's a whole lot of other stuff.
1: Yes, and we're going to get into some of those other things you do a little bit later on. But uh, first, you've been in business about 18 months or so, right? right. Um, so what's it been like for you transitioning from a, an employee to a first-time business owner? I mean, you've got your books that you wrote, and we'll definitely talk about those. Yep. But they've never been your main pursuit. You've always been focusing you know, a lot of your resources, your, your limited resources of time and your energy and effort and, of course, money on... Um, on this now for yes. the first time.
0: Yes.
2: Um I it's been in I've been in school, engineering school, like I said, in Embry Riddle. Uh I've been doing that. So I'm pretty busy. Um but the transition that I had to make, I think the first thing, the very first thing that changed was the idea that I couldn't do this. Like just like with writing the books. I initially thought that you had to be some sort of qualified author somewhere that there was a board of authors that would approve me to be an author and then I'd sit down and write my book but no you just sit down and start writing and much like this with the candles and the incense and things you just sit down and do them um there's nothing in the way besides your belief that you can or can't do it and that's the first the first hurdle I ever had to overcome was like can I do this
1: So it sounds like you're specifically talking about what we know is imposter syndrome. Yes. Yes. Imposter syndrome is something we all suffer from. Um, I even still suffer from it sometimes, Um, but it is at the forefront of my mind to always try and fight that. You call them intrusive thoughts. Those are intrusive thoughts that you are an imposter, that you're not qualified.
2: You suck. You can't do this. Like it's
1: it, oh, that's a lie. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> it is the truth and, and you should try to find something else to do. But uh, that comes after trying it in the first place and seeing that you can, in fact, do them anyway.
1: That's right. So changing that perspective, that's actually a great lead into our topic today. Your perspective was that you were unqualified. You right. weren't capable for whatever reason. And now we've proven that false because here you are.
2: Yeah, here I am. <laughs> I'm doing all the things. <laughs> oh, my
1: gosh. All the things. We're very busy people.
2: We're very busy people.
1: <laughs> uh, so I think a lot about perspective when it comes to business, right? Being being a business owner changes the way you view everything, literally, unless your field requires some sort of professional license. There's nothing stopping you from running your own business except yourself.
2: Right. And demand. I mean, there's got to be, like, a want or a need for the widgets or the services you provide. That's true. Um, you can't just go out there and be like, I'm going to sell handlebars for a bike that doesn't exist. And people would expect people to buy it. They're just not, um, you gotta, you gotta have that demand for the thing too. So yes,
1: gotta be, gotta be filling a need.
2: Yeah. Make sure you are filling a need or else you're not going to see much traction.
1: Exactly. I I hope that you're trying to provide something that people are in need of or interested in.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: when you're starting a business before you've even really started, when you have the idea, that's when you have to start changing your perspective, right? Because otherwise it's, it's, you know, I can't do this and I'll never get started. Mm -hmm. Um, So the lens you have to, the lens in which you look at the world has to change from the jump. And It's not just looking at, can I do this or can I not do this? Literally everything about your life, everything about your day to day, your night tonight, when you lay down at night, all your perspective changes, right?
2: Yes. Cause what is sleep when you're thinking <laughs> about your own business and how it's going to be like, you're sitting in bed, tossing and turning like, Oh no, I got to do this thing. I got to order this part. I got to order these things, these gadgets for this new idea that I have. And, and you just toss and turn and staying up. It becomes your new thing. It's, 100% all you do. Yes. Yeah. So
1: I, I want to talk about those differences in perspective and how your perspective changes, why the change matters more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't change how you're thinking about things, you'll get stuck in a hamster wheel. It's so easy to do. And you'll spend all of those limited resources we were talking about, your time, your energy, your effort, and your money. Yes. And you'll see no real return or success.
2: Right. I've, I've recently started to kind of overcome that sort of thing where I am... I find myself addicted to buying fragrances to try to make more fragrances mm-hmm. and completely depleting the revenue that I've made trying to come up with something new to make more. Um, and it's kind of gotten me stuck on a little bit of a hamster wheel. But I'm I'm ready to hop off that bad boy um, and, and start making some, some real moves. Yeah, but it, it does. It changes your perspective. A lot of things about how. I guess a business operates or how money works or how things flow in and out and the effort you're putting into it, what you're actually doing uh, when you make a purchase for your business or when you do something for your business, what's actually going on is a thing you have to change your perspective on. You may think of it as just spending money, but it's not. It's really an investment in something bigger to yep. help you make more money.
1: That's right. So one of the first things you spend your money on when you start your business is your inventory if you're providing a good, right? So mm-hmm. what's the very first thing you had to buy to start making these candles?
2: Oh, fragrances, wax, tins, wicks, you name it. Everything that goes into a candle, every little piece, even the warning stickers that keep me from getting sued.
1: Mm, yes, that's a good point. That's yeah. very important. <laughs> um, so you bought all of those things, but the day you bought them, did they make your business not profitable?
2: Uh, I mean, depending on the perspective you take. Yeah, I'm maybe, but maybe not. You know, it just really depends on your view. You as an accountant might see it as not.
1: I'm going to tell you what I see it as yes, as your accountant.
2: But as a person who went from, I am my like my money. Like my checking account is my life right now. So you go from that, you're depleting some of that. So it feels like a loss,
0: mm-hmm.
2: like an outset loss. Like you just started behind the curve. The yeah. yeah. You just screwed yourself in a way, but you didn't. You really just kind of. Turned You invested. Yeah, that's the word. Good job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you invested your money, your cash, and you turned it into a different asset. Right. So you stocked up on all these fragrances mm-hmm. and tins and things, and you are going to use those to make a thing that makes you money. Yeah. So when we order all of those things, we put them in as inventory items. We build them together into a bigger work of, pro- of product, yeah. and then you sell a candle. Mm-hmm. So those fragrances that you're buying at, you know, 15, 20, $25 a bottle, you're not going upside down. They're not touching your profit and loss at all.
2: Wait, profit and loss. Are we going to get into that?
1: um, I I think we will get into it later. So the only thing that you're doing in that moment is, is converting cash to a different type of asset. Right. And accepting that, that you're not at a loss is really, really important because it takes a lot of anxiety out of it because, When you look at your books Mm -hmm. for your business, you see, yeah, I've only got, you know, a couple hundred dollars of cash in the bank, but you've got thousands of dollars in assets, in things that you can sell on hand right now. You can turn those into cash.
2: And that only counts the cost to you in those thousands of dollars, what those things are worth after you've spent the money on them. It's really kind of empowering to consider that you've turned this into an asset that can create something not that you've gone in the hole but that you've well you, you kind of did like I said before but <laughs> you're really based on the perspective you have you've gone in the hole for a good reason to invest yourself in you in, in this thing you're trying to do and it's become this thing that can work for you and create more opportunities and bring in more money
1: yes so, so you have to think about yourself kind of in two two parts right your personal self your your personal checking account took a hit took yes. an expense you took that money out and you're not getting it back it's not going into that account unless you start doing owner draws out of the business you right. took it out mm-hmm. your personal side took a hit but you invested in the cash flow of your business in a new entity something bigger than yourself right
2: and it's really empowering to see it that way when you recognize that it isn't just that one side of you where you're just the checking account and the personal thing. It's not just a hit to your personal checking account. It's an investment in this other aspect of you. And it's to help it grow and become something greater, which is like, again, really, really, really empowering. Yes. You like that word today. It's empowering. Empowering. That's kind of the shtick for you. Isn't it? <laughs> it's kind of your thing. Empowerment. Like, yes. We're getting powered up right now. Yes,
1: we're getting powered up here. Uh, so that's one of the, the perspectives um, of, you know, taking a loss. Um, people will say a lot. It takes us a, a small business up to five years to get, quote, in the black from, quote, in the red when you start a business. And that's that perspective of starting yeah. out with your cash flow. Your cash is at a negative. Um, but you're not really taking a loss.
2: Right. And I wonder how many people kind of. Mm, I I guess are thinking about these grand income statements and like this huge revenue that they're getting. I I think maybe they're thinking about getting to that point Mm -hmm. that might take years, but to like to live off of something, but to start seeing profit doesn't take nearly that long if you're doing it right. And if you got something people want,
1: that's right. Because right now, 18 months in, you've got a profit and loss that's positive, right? Correct. Have you ever had a profit and loss that's upside down?
2: In the beginning, yeah. But uh, like you said, that's really just taking into account all of the different parts of a profit and loss, which we haven't gotten into, but... Yeah, we'll talk um, more about those later. Yeah, you taught me how to read those by um, building one and building the inventory system in my Excel on my computer. I literally just built it from the ground up and was like... This is how much fragrance goes into a candle. This is how much wax goes into a candle. All the math and all the formulas were built in Excel. So I I lucked out when I had you in my corner. Like there was no way that I would have been able to do what I have done without you there to help me do it. Because just be honest, I had no idea what I was doing until you taught me all these things.
1: Well, I mean, you didn't—you didn't start your business so that you can watch numbers move around.
2: No, that's your job. My job is the candles.
1: <laughs> you are our creative genius. You are constantly mad scientisting in the garage, making all these candles, and I am telling you to stop buying new fragrances.
2: I have, I have stopped. Um,
1: you had I'm, an order come in yesterday.
2: Yes, but that was just for stuff that I already knew I was going to need.
1: Uh huh.
2: You're fussing at me. Aren't you?
1: <laughs> just a little. <laughs> All right. So everything you go into your business, just remember guys, that it is not an expense just because it was a cash outflow.
2: Right. It's not a loss.
1: Most of, yes, it's not a loss because it was a cash outflow. Most of what you're spending your money on in your business, when you're getting started up is an investment in your future revenues. Mm -hmm. And by starting out right, putting it in a bookkeeping software, you'll be empowered to see those numbers actually positive and you'll see all of the investment you made. It's called owner's investment, your initial investment in your business. It is not touching your profit and loss statement at all, just yet. Right. It's just cash that's not cash anymore. It's an asset. That's right. It is an asset.
2: It's awesome. It again, like that ability to transmute something, something so simple as money I already have into something that is useful enough to gain and garner even more of that money is, it's crazy. Like it's, it's really that simple. If you can find something that you can turn into a usable product or a service, like cutting grass, even you buy a lawnmower, Mm -hmm. you've gone under to buy the lawnmower, your personal side, but on your business side you just gained an asset it's not a loss and it's really really important to view that in the right perspective
1: that is absolutely right all right so that brings us time for our first break we're having a great conversation so far and when we get back we're going to break down some more different perspectives that you will encounter in your small business so we look forward to seeing you in just a minute
0: Have you ever wished you had someone who had all the answers in your back pocket? The Superhero Initiative was created as a launch pad for small and micro businesses to reach the next level in their potential. We are here to help you start out on the right foot and rescue you from future headaches. If you've been in business less than three years or are currently generating less than $100,000 of annual revenue, we encourage you to apply for the Superhero Initiative. Recipients will get eight hours of donated time to supercharge your back office from bookkeeping cleanup to implementing and training on software and other accounting and management needs. Visit JessicaJonesAccounting.com to apply today. From the boardroom to
2: you, Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope Jessica and her guests are giving you the spark you have been looking for. Now, back to the show with Jessica.
1: All right, guys, welcome back to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. Before the break, we were talking about your perspectives when it comes to your business. And when you start out, you know, you're know you not upside down. Now we're going to continue to talk about um, some different perspectives. And another one that changes is the perspective of a relationship between a person and a business, be that the um, business owner and their relationship and how they must interact with their own business, which is kind of like interacting with yourself. But
2: in a know, way. yeah. In a
1: way. And <laughs> then um, when you start a business that has employees, then the perspective of um, a real relationship between a business and an employee.
2: Right. I've had lots of conversations with people who have owned businesses before I started mine. They were talking about uh, we would talk about all kinds of economic things, you know, politics and things. And there were there were times when they would tell me you've never owned your own business. You couldn't possibly understand what I'm trying to get at. Their perspective had changed based on their their ownership of a business. The way they viewed the pieces involved in this puzzle changed. Uh, And they started viewing people more as assets instead of, you know, I guess whatever else. You might view them as um, not all bosses are good bosses. But in the case of this situation, you kind of have to put on your boss hat and start viewing people as assets and not just, you know, other people in a way. I don't know how to explain that, but it's where my head goes.
1: So, um, kind of the way I think of it, human resources, you hear about that all the time, right? You have a human resource coordinator, human resource manager, but those two words, human resources, Mm -hmm. the people are the resource. The people have to do something to help contribute, to make money for the business. They're another asset of the business. Right. So you can't, You have to view people as an asset, as a valuable component that, Mm -hmm. you know, you you treat them well and you do things well, then they will produce for you and create for you. But if you view them as just like an asset and a drain and
2: like a dehumanizing thing where they're just a piece of the machine. Yeah.
1: Yes. You can't just view them as a cost. You have to view them as an asset. And I think that one thing that makes a good boss is, is viewing people as a real asset and not just as a cash outflow.
2: Yeah. People are humans. You must consider the fact that these human resources are still human. First and foremost, they're not a vehicle. You must change the oil on or something like that. The way you take care of those assets is by treating them like people. That's right. So you
1: you can't treat your employees as they're expendable, but something that I hear all the time is people say, um, you know, when you work for a business, they don't care about you because if you were to leave or you were to get hit by a bus, then a week later, they would have to fill your position. Well, well, yeah.
2: Well, the position is important to the business. right? The person is important to the business as well, but it's a function that needs to be filled. It's really, in that instance, it's, it's strange how it straddles the line uh, of personal and impersonal. Um, it's not personal to be replaced at a job because the function needs to be you know met but you also have to value the people and hope that, that they don't go anywhere and try to keep them from going anywhere because that's right they are a piece of your of your machine
1: they are a valuable asset and you have to treat them as such if mm-hmm. you treat them as if they don't matter they will work as if they don't matter and they will not be Producing and operating at their best, mm-hmm. and your business will suffer. Um, your culture will suffer in the business, and it's just an all around bad situation. We talk about toxic relationships in a different um, episode coming up, and that involves business relationships all the time clients and employees. Toxic relationships are not just for couples, they're not mm-hmm. just for you know, you two need to break up.
2: Well, sometimes the business and an employee or the business and a client or the business and another business, sometimes they need to break up. They don't work well together, just like people. That's at, true. At some level, these things are just they they develop their own kinds of personalities. Like businesses themselves can develop a personality and become kind of an entity of its own. That's a perspective thing, too, isn't it? I think, I think so. How you look at a, how you look at a business, not this huge writhing massive people doing a job or a machine with cogs that just turn and turn, but maybe
1: a brand, a brand, the brand is the personality the in and personality. A way. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't really considered that, that your brand is your business's personality. Um, so when we're talking about the relationship between an employee and a business, um, how do you view your employees? How does your business view its employees and how do the employees view the business. This is all so important. You you have to consider um, every angle and everyone's perspective from your receptionist to your you know operational staff to your CFO. You have to consider everybody's coming from a different um, perspective yeah. aspect. Um Nobody is the same.
2: No, nope. we all have different focuses. We all have different needs to meet. We all have. Um, different ideas as to how to do things based on our backgrounds and experiences. And those are all things you have to kind of take into account. It's not like my way or the highway. Cause I'm the boss that doesn't work that way either. Um, yet in your, your view on what it is to be a boss, to be in charge, uh, to lead that has to change as well. A lot of people have this weird idea of what it is to lead and manage and, and be a boss. And it, tends to be trample over everybody beneath you but it's it's not like that it shouldn't be that way
1: no it absolutely shouldn't be that way and you know going back the concept of you know if your business is moving on without an employee or you know when an employee leaves it's i find that it's really narcissistic for an as an employee to be like i don't want this business to succeed without me like if i'm leaving then the business has to suffer like what is that
2: uh, <laughs> that's a lot of ego for sure um i i haven't I'm not big enough to have any employees just yet. It's just me and occasionally you uh, making, this, making these things. But I I tried, yeah, if you were to, if any of, and if I had employees and any of them were to try to leave or feel that way, I would, you know, at first try to get down to the bottom of it. But in a lot of the time, I imagine it would be just hurt feelings and ego, just wounded ego. People are, are good for that.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. I couldn't say enough about that. Um, so, you know, let's talk about an employee that comes on, let's say you hire your first employee and they come from a bad work environment. Yeah. Um, they've experienced a lot of these bosses that trample over you and don't treat you well, but you're coming in and you're, you're different, right? You're Mm -hmm. the boss that is really laid back and it's a good atmosphere, but they're coming in and they're accustomed to a different culture, Mm -hmm. um, how as a business owner, do you think that you can, I don't know, meet in the middle with them or change their perspective to come along, um, to, you know, away from that. I'm just a cog in the machine.
2: I think that is a big question, (laughs) Um, but to start, it would have to be showing them differently. You know just like with an interpersonal relationship when somebody experiences trauma like that and that's exactly what it is professional workplace trauma uh they they harbor that they hold on to that it has effects that are deep seated and it's hard to undo that but you have to kind of show them it's okay like fostering an animal a skittish dog you have to show them it's okay you can trust me i'm not here to screw you over i'm not here to take advantage i'm not here to treat you just like a nameless faceless cog in my machine I'm here to treat you like a person and it takes time. Maybe they come around and maybe they don't, but that's the only thing you as the boss can do as a leader is to try to rehab people and try to shift their focus through showing them how to do it right.
1: That's right. And after, you know, after some time, if the, if you're not making any progress, then it could be one of those toxic situations where, you know, someone can't be made happy. Right. Um, you have to be able as the business owner to see their perspective from the beginning and be willing to foster that. It's so important. You have to be willing to foster their success and they have to also be willing to do things differently mm-hmm. than they have done before because It's easy when you go in, you know, it's just like everywhere else. It's just like everywhere else. And you come in with that expectation, the preconceived notion, and then you're already starting out on the wrong foot for a boss that, you know, could be the first different one you've ever had.
2: So can we turn this around to you for a second?
1: Oh, no. Again, what do you mean?
2: Um, So you are the boss of a business that does have employees. Yes. And these are these employees are not your first employees. You've had other employees and they've left and they've gone on to other things for different reasons. Um, in your experience, what is that like? What would you do in that situation?
1: Well, um, it's difficult because it, you know everybody's coming in from their own experiences and their own history. Um, I generally speaking have hired a lot of people that don't have a lot of experience in accounting and I wanted to foster um career changes for people who were interested in that you know we had somebody that had never worked anywhere but Starbucks before Mm -hmm. and gave them a stint in the bookkeeping world and they did that for I don't know a year and a half two years and decided it's not for them they're moving on do something else now um we had somebody who comes from a really rigid accounting background and they were stuck in one of these machine type situations. And, you know, I, I worked with them to give them much more of a free relaxed schedule and turns out it wasn't good for that person. They needed the rigid, I need to be in the office and these are the hours when I get my work done because the amount of flexibility and remote work and, and, you know, openness that I provided, which could be amazing for some people wasn't working for this person. They were, they didn't have the self motivation to get up and actually do their job and, actually their, their mental health suffered and they had to, you know, make a change because mm-hmm. they, they were sitting in their house all the time and had no quote reason to get up and leave. And it, it just wasn't the right situation.
2: That's understandable. I I can understand the need for the rigid structure. I'm a veteran. So, you know, the military runs deep. Yes. Um, it's very hard to, it's very hard to shake that sometimes when you get used to that kind of structure and rigidity. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just like it seems like the differences in personality that sometimes don't mesh and don't click. And you've, you've found ways to deal with that yourself as a business owner and boss.
1: Yeah, it's it's not easy. I think we have a really good team now. Um, we offer a lot of flexibility for, you know, the needs of our staff who have things like physical therapy for personal, you know, medical issues for things like I've got to take my kid to school or I've got mm-hmm. to pick up my kid from the bus. And
2: I've done work for you, right?
1: Yeah, so you have. I have.
2: I've done some work. Uh, it's very simple stuff. I'm an airplane mechanic by trade and I make candles in my free time and, and trying to turn that into a business. But I, I did and still do do some bookkeeping work for you. Okay. So I know firsthand that you're what you're talking about. I've seen it. You've done it for me. You've given me that flexibility and that that help in learning something new. And it's something that I while it's not necessarily a passion for me, I'm an engineer trying to be an engineer. So um It is an interesting thing and it's a tool that i can use to help facilitate my own business um learning how bookkeeping works has helped my business grow which is something you also try to do for other people as well like with the superhero initiative like me being the first recipient of all of that and getting the help for free (laughs) on how to get my books going and doing that has taught me how to run my own business and watch my own numbers and keep track of my own inventory and all of those things so like it's really cool and really useful what you do
1: so maybe all small business owners should take a little bookkeeping course so they could learn a little bit about how things work
2: absolutely or find something like a superhero initiative somewhere where a bookkeeper or an accountant can sit down and get them literate you know because that's One of the bigger impediments, a lot of people kind of go into it and they're just like trying to keep track of where the money's going, their personal and business are mixed together and they can't tell what's what anymore. But having someone say, no, 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 keep them separate. You need separate because that helps you track it better. It's cleaner. I can help you with this more. I could do it the other way around because you could absolutely do it. If somebody mixed it together, you could figure that out. Mm -hmm. You like puzzles. (laughs) Objectively good at puzzles.
1: I am objectively good at puzzles.
2: But- uh, that helps having that at help that assistance in the beginning is make or break.
1: Yeah. A lot of times all it needs, all a small business owner really needs is someone to sit down and hold their hand for a little while. Yep. It could be as simple as a one hour call to just say, Hey, this is your system. This is what it does. This is what you need to do. And this is why, mm-hmm. if you understand why things are happening the way they're happening in your business, then you can have the confidence to do the things you need to do mm-hmm. instead of what throwing everything into the ask my accountant account in QuickBooks. <laughs> um, you can you can understand why they're going there, or why your accountant tells you to put them where it is. Yeah,
2: you can definitely figure that out with help. I mean, it's it's not not really difficult, to be honest, once you do understand it um and it gives you a broadened kind of bird 's eye perspective on everything. You get to see all of the inner workings and how it all fits together and it's it's really cool it 's for a guy who likes to tinker with machines that is one heck of a machine to sit and watch the money and the product and all of that stuff moving around oh it 's so cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So you said you said bookkeeping is not your passion, but you do get some enjoyment of watching all of those functions happen, in right. and, and a product turning from all of these teeny tiny pieces into one beautiful metal tin, black matte gold label, soy wax, beautiful candle. So sexy. They are very sexy candles. If a candle can be sexy, these are the sexiest candles. Yes. Um, I wish I wish I could show
2: everyone what these sexy candles. If they had lips, like. I'd make out with them. What? <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. (laughs) Well,
1: on that note, we are going to uh, take another break um, while we reel from Charlie wanting to make out with some candles. Um, (laughs) When we get back, we're going to talk about a few more different perspectives in business. And I hope that you stick with us.
0: Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to be your small business superhero. Whether you need ongoing services like bookkeeping or payroll, one-time services like implementing an accounting software or one-on-one training, or an on-call CFO to answer your larger questions, Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to help. Stop costing your business more money by trying to do absolutely everything yourself. We pride ourselves on giving you big business-level service while still giving that small business attention. You're the expert in your field, and you didn't start your business to watch numbers move, but we did. Come check us out at jessicajonesaccounting.com to see what we can do for your business.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope Jessica and her guests are giving you the spark you have been looking for. Now back to the show with Jessica.
1: All right. Welcome back to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We've been talking to Charlie Langford, my amazing fiance and the Mm -hmm. owner of Charlie's Waxworks, about some perspectives when it comes to business. Uh, I wanted to circle back to something we were talking about earlier And that is the investment in your business, taking Mm -hmm. out of your your personal cash account, um, sacrificing that in favor of investing in your business. Right. Um, That's something that as an accountant, uh, I have come to know it's called the opportunity cost. It's something you learn in, in accounting school and it is the thing that you lose by doing a different thing. And that could be as simple as I lose an hour of sleep by getting up early to come into the office and get some work done. Um, mm-hmm. that that sleep is your opportunity cost it doesn't actually have to be a a monetary thing but it's it's more of a concept of the thing that you lose so you lost some personal spending money right in order to invest in your business
2: right and it was it's worth it because like again the point is to create this product or this service that turns around and multiplies the money and brings it back to you you know however many fold, don't get too greedy, but however many, <laughs> however many fold you're trying to bring it back, um, which then gives you more money for that personal stuff, unless you want to be really, really strict about it and keep it all in the business and touch it, that not touch it at all and let the business just get. Big.
1: And what you're talking about is never taking an owner's draw and never taking a paycheck for yourself, but you better be having your income come from somewhere right. if your business is never going to pay you and it's right. just going to hold its own money.
2: but uh, The point is eventually for it to pay you, but yes. sometimes it's not quite there. So <laughs> you need to keep doing what you do.
1: Yeah. So that opportunity cost, we've talked about that before. Um, you know, I sacrifice my Saturdays that I would generally spend sitting on the couch
2: um, playing Dreamlight Valley.
1: Pr- playing the new Disney video game. Yes. That is my Zen garden. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, you sacrifice those things in order to do your business work. So I'll right. sacrifice time you know, hanging out and kicking my feet up in order to go help you at a market. Right. Um, my opportunity cost I could be sitting down with my feet up, but I'm investing in your business. And your, I
2: appreciate it.
1: <laughs> your opportunity costs of, on Sunday mornings when we have to get up to go to market is getting up at seven when you want to sleep all day.
2: Uh, and I'm not a morning person. So Mm-mm. that's, that's torture, but it's worth it. It's the cost of me doing what I'm trying to do here. It's worthwhile if I do this and can see a return. It's empowering again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So as, as you're starting your business and you're making these sacrifices, make sure you don't forget that there's a value that you're, you're getting, you are sacrificing something you're losing your extra rest. You're you, you're losing something, right. But you're gaining something else. Yeah.
2: The idea of the cost this loss of something I think is kind of negative. Um,
1: as a negative connotation.
2: Right. Connotation is kind of negative. It, it's it's really, when you think of it, this goes back to the perspective, when you think of it as something you've lost and that's the focus, it's easy to see it in a negative way. And I don't want to lose anything. So I'm not going to invest anything. I'm going to play it safe, stay where I am and not do anything more. But, but but yeah. your yeah.
1: you had to spend money on inventory you right. had inventory costs right. that you had to invest so the opportunity costs just be, it doesn't have to be a negative connotation right. i think that's a personal it personal is. feeling a personal perspective because a cost is a cost it it doesn't mean it's negative you right. your inventory costs but it also gains yes so another perspective to make sure you remember as you are starting or growing your business yes. every every opportunity cost Um, is it, or is it not worth it? And every time you have to encounter a decision, you can ask yourself that is Mm -hmm. the cost that I'm losing going to be worth it for what I'm going to get out of what I'm doing instead.
2: Right. Because every cost is, I mean, not every cost, but most of your costs, if you're doing this right, should be in an asset toward an asset of some sort. It's supposed to help you grow even more. It's supposed to help you do even better in the future. It's supposed to help not hurt, not hold you back. You know, it's not supposed to be a hole or a hamster wheel that you get stuck in. It's supposed to be an investment towards something better. That's what makes the cost worth it.
1: That's right. So if you are in your small business and you, you're you not feeling like it's worth it, um, a couple of different things. You could be one suffering from burnout, which is curable. You should work on and fix your burnout. But if it feels like it's not worth it every day and that opportunity cost is too great, maybe you're not pursuing your passion. Maybe you're you're looking at it through the wrong lens. It could be a lot of different things. But I really invite you to take a look at when you get up and you're like, oh, I have to do X, Y, Z for my business. Take an inventory, so to speak, of if it's worth it or not. And if it's not, why? And right. what can you do about
2: that? I'm a big proponent of the emotional inventory. Like whenever there's something that stops, whenever you notice yourself feeling certain things, you just stop and take an inventory. Why is it this way? What do I feel and why? And that clarifies and, and brings calm and serenity in a lot of different ways, especially as a business owner where all of this is so stressful and these things seem to be coming out of every direction. It, that serenity, these costs, these problems these things are all the nature of the beast um and i i I, as long as i understand my position in it and what they do to affect me and how i can affect them uh you usually tend to maintain some peace and control over things uh yeah
1: and what would your recommendation be if somebody stops feeling like it's worth it
2: what do you think uh definitely look in and see why it might feel that way like do you really like what you're doing is it Is it a hobby that you did really like, but now turning it into a job takes the joy out of it? You know, sometimes people encounter that a lot. I haven't, not with the candles yet, but sometimes-
1: I think part of that, the, when you turn something from a hobby into a job, into your business, Part of the reason why you feel like it might be not be worth it is that burnout and trying to do everything. Because you know, as a small business owner, how many hats are you wearing at a any given time?
2: 17.
1: 7 hats. Yeah, you're doing it all. And yes. and the reason you started the business, you didn't do all of those things when it was just a hobby, right? Right. When you turned it into a business, there's so much more to be done. There's accounting and marketing and everything. That goes into administrative, chasing your invoices, um, (laughs) paying your sales tax, everything that goes into it once you turn it into a business that a lot of times you don't consider when you start out. I want to do this thing. I really like this thing. I'm going to turn it into a business. But then
2: the business of your business gets in the way.
1: The business of your business gets in the way of the business that you're in. Right. And that's where you want to find People for your team, people to have in your corner, whether that be employees or outsourced consultants, people who can be in your corner and help you out. Mm -hmm. I really encourage you if you're suffering from burnout, identify the things that take the most of your emotional energy. Um, For me, it would be like actually scheduling the appointments like I'll communicate with somebody and then when it comes down to actually getting the appointment, Putting it in my stupid calendar. Like, (laughs) uh, why is that the biggest, most detrimental thing? It feels like it takes 10 years. It takes like 10 literal seconds, Right. but it feels like it takes so much. So one of the things that I was realizing is that the tedium, small things, the administrative was my burnout.
2: was the in-between.
1: The in-between. The, I have the concept, I know the thing, and then I wrote it down, but it didn't make it to my schedule or whatever.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So what did I do? I got an executive assistant. I got a right hand to coordinate all of my chaos. Yes. I am running every every business that I touch. I am dealing with their big problems. Mm-hmm.
2: And seeing a good friend of ours, right, uh, somebody we work with a lot, used to tell you, you you focus on being the rainmaker, right? And what is what do you what did that mean to you when she said that to you? Because I, I what that means to me is you know you focus on. Bringing all of these clients and this client work and the big fish, and let other people handle the small potatoes and the tedium, while you do the big things.
1: Yeah. So, the, one of the the things that you have to do when you transition, you step up to from being a solopreneur, mm-hmm. the the one man shop, to having a staff, is is letting go of a lot of things and realizing you don't have to do it all. You don't have to wear every single one of the hats. And that is so hard. It's something that we all struggle with. I still struggle with letting go of certain things. And I'm, I'm really grateful for the team we have now that will say, Hey, can I do that? Or I saw this on your to-do list, but I'm pretty sure I can handle that. Can yeah. I just take that from you? Mm-hmm. That was life-changing for me. Mm-hmm. So if you find that you're not able to get out and do the rainmaker duties, um, which you asked me what being the rainmaker means for me, being the rainmaker is um, going out and generating new business, or finding clients, or um, you know, connecting with the people that you've already met to make sure that you, you're you capitalizing on your network. Um, but you can't do that if you're too busy ingrained in your day-to-day.
2: Right. You can't get stuck in the minutiae of the little stuff you do. You, you want to be able to focus on the thing you do, and not all the tiny little bits and pieces that support the thing you do so you know get help it's okay to get help that's another thing a lot of people tend to view is that getting help and asking for help and looking for help is a sign of weakness or failure or something but it's not that's again empowering if you have that help and you go and pursue it
1: well and another thing i think people also think is i can't afford
2: Uh, help yeah that's a big that's a big impediment though because a lot of help professionals cost money
1: they do but um let's say you're going to hire an accountant, right? Mm -hmm. Um, if you currently are spending, let's say 20 hours a week, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: on top of everything you're already doing for your business, you're out there, you know, actually doing the work, you're the solopreneur. Then at the end of the day you come home and you've got to write all the invoices out and you've got to send the invoices and you've got to email client status updates, or you've got to, um, file the sales tax reports or, um, You know, send a document to the bank or whatever it is that you've got to do after you've already done your full work week that you intended. Right. So, when I think of it, if somebody is struggling with their accounting and their bookkeeping, getting their invoices out, um, I hear people all the time. Oh, I, I, you know, when I sit down and finally invoice my clients, it's like two or three months worth of invoices, and then they're annoyed because I haven't been billing them this, that, and the other. But I just couldn't get to it. I couldn't get to it. So. If you had an accountant whose job it was to go in there every week and see whose invoices needed to be you know, created mm-hmm. and sent out invoices, and then those bills get paid electronically through your amazing online accounting software, then at the end of the week, when you come in and you check your cash balance, you've got money in the bank, your cash flow's... Stable. You don't have to do the invoicing yourself, so you freed up those personal hours so that you that's, can take self-care. That's then what i was you're, you're Opportunity
2: able, cost. <laughs>
1: there you go. Then you're able to be, you know, more fresh and ready the next day to get up and start doing the thing that you're doing your business for, and all of that back office, all that administration is just happening, and it's not taking that emotional drain. Yeah, that
2: passion vacuum is gone it's fulfilled when someone else whose passion is to handle those things like you (laughs) um, it takes away from that drain it makes it invigorating again it makes it fun again if you don't have those things to worry about and or if you get help and know how to work worry about them you know in a constructive and effective way then it's simple too
1: that's right. So it's super important for you to make sure that if you're trying to do everything in your business, that you're not actually getting in your own way because right. it's really easy to become your own worst enemy, your own bottleneck. Yes. And then you are the cost. You are the opportunity. You are losing the opportunity to do other things by trying to handle all of the things that could be handled somewhere else.
2: The opportunity cost becomes too great at that point. And at some point, you should. It, it's worth it to turn that opportunity cost the loss of hours and time and things the other resources besides money uh, that you're trying to avoid spending money <laughs> but you're burning yourself out in the other ways sometimes it's worth it to just throw your hands up and say all right this money is absolutely not nearly as valuable to me as my peace of mind as my ability to continue to do this job my ability to continue to meet this need you know it's it's not as important but that's right. It takes a little bit of a change in perspective to see it.
1: And that's right. And every, you know, every um, everything that you're trying to do that's not your expertise is something that could be done by an expert a lot quicker. So if it takes you 10 hours, it might take my team, too. Mm-hmm. So the money that you think you're going to have to spend is actually probably about 20 or 30 percent of what you might actually have to spend because the professional knows what they're doing.
2: Which makes it a smart move.
1: So t- this was a great episode. We actually didn't even get to all of the topics I wanted to talk about today, but that is okay because we are going to be back uh, next month and we'll continue talking about all the different options of, you know, different perspectives and and different impacts in a business. Um, so thank you so much for being with me today. My um, pleasure. I, I couldn't have had a better guest on my first episode. <laughs> it was such a relief to have you here with me. You um, me. I want you to tell everybody where to find you and your amazing, beautiful, sexy candles.
2: All right. My sexy candles can be found online. You can go to www.charlie'swaxworks.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Charlie's Waxworks as well. Um, we haven't gotten a storefront yet. So if you want to find us in person, you can find us um, at any of the vendor markets in the area, in the New Orleans area, uh, to, to come see us and get some candles, get some of your smell goods in.
1: Yes. And your social media is going to absolutely be the best place for people to figure out where you're going to be popping up. Is that right?
2: That's right. We post the schedule for, well, we have the schedule for the rest of October up already. We're working on the schedule for November and the rest of the year. So if you just keep track of our uh, social media, you'll find out where we're going to be and when.
1: And almost every single time you're going to find Charlie at a market, you're going to find him out there, too. So while you're shopping and getting your amazing candles, come ask me a question. If you're not sure if I can help you or if you've just got, you know, a quick one off question you need a CFO's answer for. I would love to just chat with you and and no pressure. Come smell some amazing candles and chat with us and get to know uh, Jessica Jones Accounting Services.
2: Yep, that's what We did.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope you've gained something valuable today. If you did, wait till you hear what we're talking about next. Until then, get out there and forge your own unique empire, travel your own path, and most importantly, be your own superhero.